deals got to get done. How long until Titus Howard and the Texans start negotiation talks? And let's talk about what went right in 2022. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash NFL today to get started. I'm John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. I want to start today's show off by shouting out Robert Guerrero, man. So mm. <laughs> uh, I was at the gas station over here by my house. Um, just getting some gas. And uh, how we ended up meeting is kind of funny, but Robert Guerrero one of the listeners of the show pulled up on me and was like, hey, I listen to y'all every day. And in the midst of him saying that, he was actually listening to the podcast from Saturday with Cody hmm. and uh, Big Shards had an opportunity to talk Texans. So shout out to my man, Robert Guerrero. I appreciate the love. But now let's talk about my man, Titus Howard, the only player uh that I think is still around from the Bill O'Brien regime that was drafted by the Bill O'Brien regime. Uh, him and Jordan Akins. Him and Jordan and Jordan Akins came back. But <laughs> that was in the 2019 draft, I believe so. And mm-hmm. you know, Titus Howard has made a lot of improvements, Cody, playing uh left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle. Like, but he's been bounced around to nearly every spot for this Houston Texan team on the offensive line outside of center. As he, he he has had some rough moments. He's had some bright moments. And I think this past season really showed his worth to this Houston mm. Texan team. Now it's time to talk contract. It's time to talk money with Titus Howard. And this is going to be a very important conversation because last week you and I talked about whether or not the Houston Texans should look to extend Laramie Tunsil. And my biggest reason as to why I want to see Laramie Tunsil get extended is because, look, once again, and I'm going to keep saying this all the way up until the draft, and I hope, and I hope that the Houston Texans stick to the plan and draft either CJ or Bryce Young, whoever is still on the board at number two, or whatever the case might be. At the end of the day, you're looking at a situation where the Houston Texans are going to be in a position to draft arguably their next franchise quarterback. And in order for, whether it's CJ, whether it's Bryce, in order for them to reach their potential or in some cases um, exceed the expectations on the NFL level, you have to make sure that you put your rookie quarterback in the best situation. We already know how important it is for the Houston Texans to surround them with talent, with with the wide receiving core, with the backfield. But it's going to be extremely important to make sure that they keep that offensive line solid, if not even better. And I don't want to see a situation where the Houston Texans lose Laramie Tunsil, who is their by far their best offensive lineman. Or, for the sake of this argument, their second offensive lineman in Titus Howard. You're looking at Titus Howard's season in 2022. He had 997 snaps 
and averaged a pass blocking grade of 70.2 John listeners and viewers. This is a guy who, ever since he stepped foot inside NRG Stadium as a rookie in 2019, he only gave up nine sacks. So when you take a look at everything this young man has done, um, you take a look at the fact that he has been the second best offensive lineman. It is extremely valuable for Nick Casario in the Houston Texans and Titus Howard's camp to make sure that they come together and get a deal done because a better offensive line means better play for your rookie quarterback. Listen, and let's talk about how Titus Howard feels. Um, he discusses, you know, he said that we haven't started yet, but hopefully we can work towards getting something done. The sooner the better, a shared goal. I want to finish my career here. And he also said, most likely this offseason, let's go ahead and get it done. Let's look at the most expensive right tackle right tackle contracts in the NFL right now. With the highest being New Orleans Saints, Ryan Ramzik, he is making 90s. Well, he has a $96 million contract with 19.2 per year, followed by Brian O'Neill of the Minnesota Vikings, $92.5 million total, $18.5 million per year. Lane Johnson, 72 with 18 per year. And Carolina Panthers, Taylor Mouton. Um, $85 million with 17 per year. The question is, who do you work on getting that deal done first? Would it be mm -hmm. Larry Tunsil or would it be Titus Howard? And Titus Howard believes you got to keep us together. We are the best tandem in the league. It's not even a debate. Those mm -hmm. are the words from Titus Howard. And I semi-agree. Uh, I think that it's always going to be a debate when you look at you know, judging talent. But between this year alone, those two bookends at tackles did a very damn good job of trying to keep their quarterback upright. They had, mis uh, you know, errors and miscues in between the tackles, which led to, you know, maybe their job getting a little bit harder and the rotation out of center. Don't know what happened to Justin Britt. Oh, my God, what happened to Britt? Uh, <laughs> the, right, the right guard. And then at times, the in and out play of Keon Green. Mm -hmm. My personal stance is first, you see how the new head coach views Howard and Titus, uh, I mean, and Larry Tunsil in those contracts and how that could affect free agency this year as well. Potentially a lot of money to two players that someone uh, coming into a new situation may feel indifferent about paying that amount of money and you're not in a contender situation as of right now. I'd pay Tunsil. Mm. I think Tussle has to get that um, his contract, that extension, uh, and, and and look at finding a possible replacement for Titus Howard. What? I I, I because I believe that you pay Tussle. I mean, you got you you pay Tussle because he's the Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman. But who should have been all pro this year. Who, by yeah, the way. who should have been all pro? I don't understand that. But in terms of Titus Howard, I think you could still get him on a really good deal because even though he's been solid, even though he's been good over these first couple of years of his career, he has yet to reach that step of a Pro Bowl offensive lineman like Larry Tunsil. And, and like I mentioned, John, it's very important for them to keep that offensive line together, especially those tackles, because I go back to, and of course I hate bringing up his name, Deshaun Watson. You saw how, I think it was his second season where he said he he led the league in sacks with 62. 68. 
68. The, the following years, those next two years, his junior campaign and, of course, you know, the fourth year, his final year where he played a full season, when they finally at least got two solid tackles when Titus Howard started to get into his rhythm on the NFL level and Laramie Tonsil, you got him, you already knew what he was worth. What did Deshaun Watson do? He elevated his game every single year. And if he was still here, I think we would see even a better version of Deshaun Watson in 2020 because that offensive line has gotten better. You know the interior, I mean, it's subpar at best. I do think next year is going to be better given the development of Keon Green, but I don't want to see the Houston Texans draft CJ or Bryce and you lose one of your tackles either or take your pick and we see a regression in the offensive line. And then we sit here arguing whether or not the Houston Texans took the best quarterback or not. I mean, I understand that point. I really do. I just think that when a new head coach comes into this situation, uh, and given the fact that Nick Casario has already said that it's a it's a we thing, so mm-hmm. this isn't going to be a dictatorship. Uh, this is going to be a democracy. And if my head coach feels indifferent about a player, not necessarily a player's talent, but the money spent, where that money could be allocated to maybe other positions and area, and maybe we can get younger at that position with a prospect that I like, that I've scouted as well, come out of college, so that contract won't necessarily hurt the salary cap because it's going to come in on a rookie deal, then, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. We got to keep this guy over here. And if Larry Tosa wants to reset the market again, (laughs) and he's looking at a quarter mil maybe, right? And that's a Mm -hmm. lot of money to a tackle. But I think he's worth it especially with the cap going up in terms of money. Titus Howard, I think Titus Howard would be worth the 17 mil that Taylor Mouton uh, is making right now for Carolina or the 18 mil that Lane Johnson. He, he may be worth that kind of money, but maybe he's not that worth that kind of money to a new head coach coming mm. into a situation that feels like, you know what, I think that we can sacrifice a year to get better in the future and bring in more talent with the money that we'll save from that player. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. They're simply the best in the game, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. Let me tell you why. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. I'll tell you right now, over the weekend, I know y'all saw that man bet $5 and win $72,000. That's the kind of action you can get over at, at FanDuel. All on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Let me say that again because I know it's crazy out there. FanDuel, the app, is safe, secure, and easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Over the weekend, ran across the funniest tweet. NFL fans who spend the most money on alcohol. This is NFL fan bases that spend the most money 
on in-stadium alcoholic beverages. And number one, your team as a fan, the New Orleans Saints. $65 on alcoholic beverages. Number two, my team, because I'm a fan of the New England Patriots. $60, $61 on alcoholic beverages in stadium. Now, number three, uh, this fan base had a good year, but this is just who this fan base is, so it's not shocking. $61 on beer to the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Number four, and this makes a lot of sense because it was a whole lot of losing, and it wasn't a lot of fans in the stadium, so that means <laughs> people was getting drunk, and you was probably getting drunk with 10 seats free from you. So you had an opportunity oh to lay gosh. out in the stadium. The Houston Texans at number four, mm-hmm. $60. The fan base that spent the most money on in-stadium alcoholic beverages, $60. The Saints didn't necessarily have a good year. They missed the playoffs. The Patriots didn't have a good year. They missed the playoffs. The Bills are the Bills. They go get drunk and break tables in the parking lot. So that's not shocking. And I honestly would have thought it would have been a little bit higher than $61. And the Texans didn't have a good year. Not only did they miss the playoffs, a new, you know, fired coach, and the whole cycle started over again. I thought that was funny because if they ain't do nothing this year, they, uh, they, 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 they drunk their pain away. So <sighs> that's hilarious. They didn't get a, they didn't get a lot right for the 2022 campaign. But Cody, they did get some things right. And I know it may be shocking or like, what well, did they get right? We sucked again. But I can tell you this, the 2022 draft class is something that they got right. But that's I think that's overstood. We understand that that draft class was successful. They got some good players out of that draft class. But I'll go on and say this. I think that when you look at what they got right, I think bringing back Jordan Akins is something that the, that the team got right. Mm. Jordan Akins led the led the tight end group uh, in, in yards and I believe touchdowns as well. After OJ Howard became uh, you know disappearing act after the first couple of weeks of the season, and I don't know what happened with that because I thought Jordan Howard was you know at least serviceable, uh, but as the year went on, we started to see less and less of Jordan Howard and more of. Jordan Akins and Tegan Quintoriano out on the field. But I think bringing Jordan Akins back, you know what that means? What that did for me, in my mind, that, at the very least, can give you another year before evaluating whether or not you really want to draft a tight end or make a tight that tight end position a priority in this year's free agency. Because between the rookie and the vet and Jordan Akins, who came back midseason, I thought that they were one of the bright spots for this Houston Texans offense whenever they had an opportunity to get consistent snaps. John, this is actually a hard question to answer because, look, at the end of the day, this is a team that's 313-1. However, I do believe the one thing that this organization did get right was this draft class. Um, I said it back in early May, and I'm going to repeat it here again, that I do believe that this draft class has the potential to go down as the best draft class in franchise history. And I know some people might hear that and think to themselves, well, that might be, you know, a, a, 
a broad thing to say as of right now. However, I like the fact that a lot of these rookies, especially guys like Derek Stingley, especially Keon Green, you can see the potential, you can see the talent. But like I mentioned, I like the fact that they actually went through their struggles early. So starting in their sophomore season, they can actually get better. And then you had guys like Jalen Petrie and Damian Pierce, where I knew they was going to elevate their position group, but they ended up being the best of their position group, especially Jalen Petrie, who led the team in tackles as a rookie with 147 and interceptions with five. So that says a lot. However, even though I give Nick Osirio a lot of flack about his ability to bring in talent, I do believe that he did not a good job, but a solid job in free agency. When you take a look at Jerry Hughes, a guy who came into the scene and led the team with nine, nine and a half sacks. You take a look at Steven Nelson, who was, yeah. even though when Derrick Stanley was going through his struggles, i.e. like the game against the Denver Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, there was moments where he stepped up and was his team best cornerback and I also want to give a shout out to um Okoronko as well he struggled at the beginning of the season but he finished off the 2022 campaign really strong I believe he ended this season with someone in the ballpark of four to five and a half sacks so the five I would say that Nick Casario and the Texans organization got at least the foundation of the organization right because even though everything else was a mess when you take a look at um veteran free agents who are still going to be a part of this roster like Hughes like like Nelson and I think Okoronko is up as a free agent but I think he did enough to say you know what let's bring you back for at least one more season and of course like I mentioned the draft class of 2022 they have laid a solid foundation to build to, to build upon for the next season and hopefully to get this organization back to a competitive level yeah, I was definitely about to bring up Steven Nelson, man. What Steven Nelson was able to do in arguably his best season in the NFL, I think is what led to the Houston Tech. One of the things that the Houston Texans got right. Uh, when I look at his mm -hmm. year, only allowed 62 targets. or well, he was only targeted 62 times. <clears throat> only allowed 37 completions. That is tied for his best in his career. Uh, only allow a completion of 59.7, only allow 367 yards. That's the best in his career and only allow two touchdowns, which is the second best in his career with a passer rating of 80 this year. I think that I say it all the time, Cody, have I, be glad mm -hmm. that they got Stephen <laughs> Nelson on a two-year deal mm -hmm. because him coming back next year, Whoever is going to be this head coach next year, which right now we'll get into the favorites, but it looks like D'Amico or Gannon, they will, you know, presumably use Derek Stingley in a way that fans and a lot of people across the league, including ourselves in the media, have been wanting to see Derek Stingley use. And Desmond King, you got to look at that as a mm -hmm. tandem that now looks a little bit more competitive than what it did last year because of how schematically they'd be used. So that's a positive. But you know what they got right? We haven't mentioned. Right. Yeah, they, they got right of understanding that you need a real coach, and the season <laughs> was so bad. You know, this oh, the old saying goes, "Only way is up." And so, I think that when you evaluate everything that took place this season, at the end of the year, the firing of the coach before Black Monday, it was on that Sunday after the game was won. I think that's why he was fired so quickly. It got a right. It got a right to understand that this is a collective 
uh, a job that needs everybody hands on. And we, we cannot afford another coaching search like this. So I think that because the playoffs are still going on, the 20, the 2022-23 campaign is still rocking, that counts for what they got right for 2022. And, and, and I think that's it. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insight you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations of the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL is available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans and we took a different approach for today's show. Nothing really took place over the last 24 hours with the Houston Texans head coaching search. However, um, we got word that the top two candidates for the Texans as of right now is D'Amico Rines, Jonathan Gannon, as we reported on yesterday's show, if you guys missed it. And we were told by a source that um, D'Amico Rines' interview on Friday was very long and very, very productive. Um, so that is good news. And, John, I have a feeling that the winner of this NFC championship game, ironically, against the 49ers and against the Philadelphia Eagles will determine the Houston Texans' next head coach. Because when you take a look at Gannon, when you take a look at Ryan's, um, both of these guys help elevate both of those teams' defenses. I believe the 49ers had the best defense in the league this year, and I think the Eagles had um, the second or the third. It might have been vice versa, but anyway, you anyway it goes, you're looking at two very good defensive coordinators who elevated their respective teams' defenses, and that's part of the reason why that they are represented in the NFC Championship game. And hopefully everything they learned under their coach, all the defensive schemes that – Help them get to this point. Hopefully, it could elevate the Houston Texans to the AFC Championship game pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, and, and while Gannon and D'Amico Ryan's are the you know two top candidates for the Houston Texans, we I think we can go as far as saying that they are the only candidates for the Houston Texans yeah, right now for this job. Unless something crazy happens uh, until a name was announced, we can say that D'Amico Ryan's is a favorite in the race. Thank you guys for checking out the Locked On Texans podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and scroll over to YouTube, like, comment, and share, and subscribe to the YouTube page under the name Locked On Texans. You guys have been doing an amazing job. We are close to 3,000 subscribers. Mm. So, family, let's go ahead and run it up. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Really quick, I think we can take Sean Payton's name off the list. I believe he's getting ready for a second interview with the Denver Broncos, which that is fine by me because the Houston Texans cannot afford to pay that money or give up the draft capital that the New Orleans Saints want. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.